Hello, everyone. This is Spencer Cohn, and you are listening to International Voices at Queens, a supportive listening space for members of the university community, recorded on the occupied lands of the Anishinaabe and Haudenosaunee peoples. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to season two of International Versus at Queens. On today's episode, we're talking about CC's supervisory relationships, something students experience at the graduate level in their academic studies. I am very curious about this topic as I'm considering applying to grad school in the future, but I'm also quite unfamiliar with it as an undergraduate student. Therefore, I'm pleased to welcome our guest host this week, whose voice you might recognize from season one. Thank you, Spencer.、Uh, I'm very excited to be here with you guys, and looking forward to the episode. All right, so I, I'll be the host, I guess. Today, we want to talk about managing our relationship with our supervisor as international graduate students. So the discussion has a broad potential, but we want to keep it short and focused. So just straightly go to inviting our guest and talk about herself. So Ali, welcome to the podcast. Would you please introduce yourself? Hi,、uh, my name is Ellie, and I'm an international grad student at Queens, and I just finished my fourth year in psychology program. Thank you for having me here. Thank you for accepting our invitation. All right, so let's move forward with the discussion of managing our relationship, which might be very <laughs> scary sometimes. So basically, I think students should be the one who consider themselves responsible for managing their relationship with a supervisor. And as these international students, I think if we have supervisors who are especially from different country than us, then that would be even harder to manage. Obviously, because of the language and the culture barrier. Maybe at this point, it's good、uh, that Ali, you want to talk about your experience in this context. And for example, if you have any interesting story to tell, we would be happy to hear about. Um. So I'm having a very happy life as a grad student.、Uh, Like I said, this is my—I just finished my fourth year,、mm-hmm. but I did have some struggles. So, for example, I switched lab in the middle of my program because I had some struggles in the previous lab, and I wanted to resolve it. And then, and then the switching lab was like a very good option. And that kind of happens actually more common than you think. So at first, I was very afraid, and、um, it was a really huge decision for me. But then, like people around me were very、um, supportive and gave me a lot of like resources and support. So I made this big step, and now I'm very happy with my new lab. So yeah,、uh, I think that's one like interesting thing about my history at Queens. Okay, cool. Thank you for sharing that. Well, considering your background and、uh, what happened to previous lab, we don't want to open that up. But would you mind recommending the audience any advice that can help them managing and organizing their relationship with their supervisor? Yeah, sure.、Um, so I think I recommend you think that you got a job actually, so that this is work. Like grad student, being a grad student is work, and like you're working as a new employee in another form or something. And that your like supervisor is your boss. Your supervisor might be very casual and friendly. So if that's the case, that's really awesome. But always just have in mind that they are your kind of boss, kind of, and it will help you not cross the line in any cases and maintain a good relationship. 
But also, I think be frank with what you feel and what you need. Um, I always think that honesty is the best policy. And this might depend on the field, of course. But one thing that students around me um, often feel is that grad student is pretty much self-guided. And you would be asked to start and finish your project pretty much independently, of course, with the help of your supervisor along the way. But one downside of this is that, um, especially when you're just like starting, you might feel like you don't know what you're doing and feel behind because senior students in the lab seem to know what they're doing. So although this could be a very common thing happening to grad students, like you might not know this and like feel like it's your fault or like try to hide it from your supervisor that you're struggling because you don't want to seem as like, you know, falling behind or something. But hiding something doesn't really solve things. So whenever you have struggles or concerns, I suggest bringing that up to your advisor and let them know when you like where you're at and what you feel in a professional way, of course. And most advisors care about their students' well-being. So they will be very willing to give you some guidance and make things work for you. But sometimes this might also not solve the problem. So perhaps you could be having some really serious relationship issues with your advisor and that happens. And um, in that case, like if I were in that situation, I would probably talk to other lab members. So this is because you uh, might not be the only one having an issue with your advisor or other students might have seen, have been in the same spot, but you know, like successfully have resolved the issue. So they might have something to tell you or guide your way. And if this doesn't help either, I'm sorry that you're in the spot, but um, in this case, like you might want to talk with the program chair or area chair who manages the program you are in. Now, I'm not saying to go over your advisor's head to resolve the issue. Um, that's not the point at all. The point is your area chair has been in the department for a very long time, usually, and they might have seen past students who struggle with their supervisors and they might know what to do. And they often would be very supportive and keep the confidentiality and keep the matter between you two. So if you're really having some hard time with your advisor, you might not have a choice but to ask, you know, ask for help from someone outside the lab. So you might decide to switch the lab, which happens more often than you think, and or you might find some other really great solutions. So like if someone's really having a hard time in the lab, I'd say like, okay, email them like, hi, would you mind if you have a chat about my personal concerns? I would greatly appreciate it if this could be confidential between us. And um, any advice would be greatly helpful. Can we meet? Something like that. And it and it really helped me a lot, actually. That's great. Uh, I mean, that was a very brave decision to change uh, your supervisor. Sometimes you you kind of get lost in the cost fallacy. And you think that I've spent so much energy and time onto this. And I don't really want to change this relationship to another one. One thing that I was curious when you were talking about your lab, because some, some students compare themselves with other students and their relationship with the um, supervisor. So it's very important not to compare because, for example, as you said, previous students, they seem to know what they're doing mm-hmm. or uh, the, the, the supervisors, they seem to be more supportive of them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But it's you, you shouldn't feel uncomfortable or feel sad about it. I think it's very important to consider that when you are evaluating your relationship and comparing it with another person. Yes, especially when you're just starting. Like, it's very common and it's almost like natural that you don't know things a lot. Like, those senior grad students who are doing, like, fabulous jobs, I bet that they had their first year in this program that you haven't seen and they have their struggles. So every time I like open and share my struggles with my supervisor or uh, therapist I have um, in Queens Student Wellness Center, 
the common feedback that I get is that it's not only me worrying about like, do I belong here? Like, am I valuable enough to be here? That kind of stuff. Like we call it imposter syndrome, you know, like exactly. among the graduate students. And it's so common to have that. And, um, and if you don't open it up, then you might be stuck there and thinking it's only me failing, but it's not actually. Everyone has gone through a failure at least once in their grad school life. And no matter how successful they seem now, they had that, those kind of like hard times. So I feel like like really comparing, especially comparing with senior students doesn't really make any sense because that's something that time helps you. Yeah, that was very nice. I mean, because graduate studies in nature makes you very lonely sometimes and you, you find yourself, you know, focusing on a topic that uh, nobody cares about and, uh, and nobody's there to, mm-hmm. for you to communicate. And it's very easy to overthink. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's very true. Yeah. Yeah. And then you want to just stop what you're thinking about and then communicate with peers, with your friends. And as you said, you can find that you're not the only person that has been through what, whatever you are going through. Mm-hmm. I'm Christopher DeLuca, Associate Dean at the School of Graduate Studies and Postdoctoral Affairs. At Queen's, we recognize that high-quality academic supervision is a key driver of graduate education. On our website, under the Graduate Studies Supervision tab, you will find resources to support productive supervisory relationships. Importantly, there is a link to our graduate supervision policy, which outlines the roles and responsibilities of supervisors and graduate students, leave procedures, and our conflict resolution process. On our supervision website, You will also find our Graduate Supervision Handbook, which outlines resources and practices relevant to you and your supervisor. All graduate students should take time to read through this handbook. Also on the website is our Expectation Guidebook, which helps you and your supervisor establish expectations surrounding communication, research, feedback, and work. Yearly, we also offer workshops for graduate students on effective communication with your supervisor. You can find information on our upcoming workshops on our professional development calendar. Take some time to check out our supervision resources, which are available to ensure you have a productive and positive supervision experience. What qualities in a supervisor you look for and what do you think a supervisor should have to support your education? Right. That's a really tough question. So if you are planning to finish PhD degree with your advisor, then it is likely that you would keep working with them even after graduation. So it is really important that you find the right one and you like working with them. And like what qualities are important? I think that really depends and it is hard to really generalize things. But I have this one really good um, advice from my friend. Um, My friend once told me that it is important that your supervisor should be either warm or competent or both, of course, like that'll be the best. Um, And a person with great personality is really enjoyable to work with and you will experience less emotional struggle while in grad school. And that'll help you actually graduate and have that, you know, (laughs) a supervisor who is competent is likely to give you a lot of publications or networking opportunities. So like, you know, um, successful graduate life. 
But unfortunately, people don't always have those, like have both qualities. A lot of people have both, but some always don't. So, um, and it depends on which quality you prefer better, really. And that is like what's your priority and who fits you better. But if your supervisor doesn't have either of them, that'll be very hard for you. And I think I think that is a red flag. Okay, that, that's a very good suggestion. All right. Uh, I think I do agree with those two points that are mandatory, mm-hmm. especially being competent and being skillful in the research and know what you're doing. Right. Yeah, exactly. Also, you mentioned that it's a relationship that continues even after graduation. Mm-hmm. So maybe you can look up the previous student's future and where are they working now mm-hmm. and find out what's the relationship with the supervisor. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, especially personality, it is kind of easy to ignore that because, you know, all grad students want, want to be successful and I have a lot of publication. And, you know, because that's my supervisor's success is also kind of my success, right? But then, so it's kind of easy to neglect how important personality is, but it is really important because I know a few of my friends who actually just quit grad school in the middle. Like they just quit because they were having so much hard time in the grad school. The thing is, it's kind of really hard to see or know supervisor's personality before we get into the lab. So that's a little bit like unlucky for us that we can't know for sure in advance, but um, yeah. Yeah, that's very important. I think personality is so important. You shouldn't just wait until the last year or the last months of your uh, uh, education and then change your supervisor or even quit. It's very sad uh, to to quit. Uh, All right. So we are uh, moving fast to the almost end of the episode. So I would like to talk about any advice that comes to your mind. You mentioned your supervisor. It's your boss somehow. It's, uh, It's a job relationship but maybe that kind of consideration um, makes you expect detailed direction all the time on a daily basis Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's not true at all I mean sometimes you are going through the journey with your supervisor both lost (laughs) in the research so you might not get detailed direction all the time so keep that in mind the next advice that I have is that to keep records of everything it's very easy to forget as a graduate student. And documentation is one of the most important things. Just take notes. Oh, yeah, I totally get that. Because um, grad students often work on multiple projects and they have different tasks. Like, and they, some, are, some of them are trivial, like very small things. And some of them are really important. And there are like conferences going on you have to apply and grants that you might want to apply not not that many inter- opportunities for international students but still a few a very few grants that you can apply for so there are a lot of like you know due dates and deadlines and like tasks you have to manage like small tasks you have to manage and um i recommend take like three or five minutes after the meeting and actually you know like write down what was discussed like important thing about my task and what was the deadline and like when my supervisor wants me to send this like back that kind of things you know like it'll save you a lot of trouble (laughs) exactly that's a very good point to make sure that you and your supervisor are on the same page Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. for your responsibilities for the next week or for the next meeting that you might have yeah exactly so some supervisor tend to have their students send them post-meeting reports, as you said. Right, yeah. 
So, all right. I think I only have one other suggestions. Uh, one other advice I would say is that uh, the language barrier and the culture barrier that we might have uh, sometimes create a situation that we don't intend to in the first place. So maybe smoothing our language and softening our language might be very helpful. So it's very uh, important to educating ourselves uh, how to be more polite in uh, another language. So you have to develop that kind of knowledge um, and you know polish your language in a way that doesn't really involve something unintentionally, you know, lighting up a fight. So you know. Right. Yeah. Sure. Um, so if your supervisor is like native English speaker, then totally, if we say something, it could be seen as very direct. And most like native uh, English speakers feel a little bit uncomfortable correcting non-native speakers' language. But if you say like, you know, like I feel fully fine with that, please let me know so I can fix it. Um, I think that can save you from um, bigger problems. If your advisor is like non-living speaker and if you feel like, oh, their feedback is a little bit cold or a little bit direct, it might not be their intention at all. So keep in mind that they are not hating you or something. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. Absolutely. All right, Ellie, uh, thank you very much so far for our interesting discussion and uh, very helpful suggestions that you provided. Is there anything left that you wanted to talk about it and you didn't go through? Mm, No. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, I think I pretty much said all I prepared. Yeah. Okay, great. Just one last thing. Uh, I think you've covered it a little bit while you were giving Mm -hmm. some examples, but I think it's very important to be crystal clear with your supervisor all the time. Mm -hmm. Uh, what I mean by that is when you go through a struggle in your research and you don't find good results Mm -hmm. you should definitely talk about it with your supervisor and you don't need to keep it with yourself that's so true yeah I guess I think that's the worst nightmare for every graduate student you know having not significant results or like something that can't really be usable but that can be only from your perspective. So you think that this is not not usable, but if you bring it to your supervisor, they have a lot more experience than you and they have like this kind of ideas to actually make this happen. So even if you have some like non-significant or seemingly meaningless results, it might not be the end of the world. Exactly. All right. Thank you very much again. That was a great discussion. Uh, I hope that we can just cut it to 30 minutes. Um, Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It was a fun discussion. And yeah, it was good to talk about my experience and hear others. Yeah, thank you so much. You are listening to International Voices at Queen's, a podcast produced by the Queen's International Center and Student Academic Success Services. I would like to thank Sadaf Omni for creating the music for this episode. Please support her work on her website at sadafomni.ca and other social media apps. I would also like to thank CFRC for their support. On behalf of the producers and editors, Lydia Amir and myself, thank you all for listening to this episode. Please tune in to the future episodes and engage with us on social media. 